Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacy, and today we're talking about the sequel to the remake of Wreck, Quarantine 2 Terminal, the final film in the Quarantine series. I'm joined by our Wreck slash Quarantine correspondent, Josh Wessler. Josh, how you doing? Doing good. We finally made it. We did. We're done. This is the last one of these. A lot longer than anticipated to finish these. Also, Pandemic lasted a lot longer than anticipated. Yep. Which is why we started these in the first place. So It's all come full circle. Here we are, and we're now, still not done. Now the pandemic is over. Oh, this is yep. the end. Quarantine is over, so so is the pandemic. Qu- quarantine 2 is, is the vaccine. Yeah. You just inject this a DVD straight into your system. We cleanse the world. We're heroes. Yep. Uh, so Josh, this is your first time seeing Quarantine 2 mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, I thought it was a good movie If you cut out the last five minutes Yeah As a standalone movie, I think that it is not as good as Quarantine 1 Now, if you then introduce the Rex series on top of that Then I would say it's better than Quarantine 1 mm-hmm. Overall, I gave it a 5 out of 10 uh, Because it's, like, like I said, it's good But it... The the ending really just makes it it, it does not stick the landing Those. and and for some reason that is really off putting to me. Usually something like that doesn't really bother me that much because there's plenty of bad endings out there. But for seriously the last five minutes, I'm like, why is this happening? Why why are these decisions being made like this? And you can chalk it up to just kid nonsense. Kids are irrational, but at a certain point, it's like it, it's just annoying to me. When I was 12, I wasn't that dumb. Facts. Yeah, yeah you know, sticking the landing, you could say it crashed on the runway. Ah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, Quarantine 2 is okay. It's, it's a fine zombie movie up until the last five minutes where it just shits the bed. Those last five minutes are, are rough to sit through. It feels like a half an hour. Mm. The rest of the movie's fine. It's standard zombie movie with undeveloped characters. Yeah, yeah. But they're... But they're I, I did appreciate the fact that there were, like, distinct characters here. It wasn't just, like... Uh, blob of nothingness. Sure. It was like, oh, like these are very defined characteristics in these people. Yep. They each had like one characteristic. Yeah. And we, we, that's all we got. Sure. I mean, when you have that many, when you have that many characters, that's really the only way that you can go. Yeah. So I'm, I'm fine with it. Yeah, it's okay. I'd probably give it like a six. Like, don't spend any money on it. But if it was on TV, yeah, go ahead and watch it. It's okay. I think this falls into the category of you can pass on it. Yeah, it, it, this would be like I, I like mildly recommend it if you're just like looking for a zombie movie, but do not spend any money. Like if it shows up on Netflix and you feel like watching a zombie yeah. movie, yeah, sure, why not? Sure, you're scrolling, yeah, scrolling across some streaming service, yeah. just trying to waste time. Yep. Sure, <laughs> like yeah, it's not, it's a fine watch. It's just nothing to go out of your way to watch. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, quarantine two, we're done now. Uh, but the point of this podcast is we are trying to create a master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies, including. A straight to DVD zombie movies, and you can find our current list of rules on our Twitter account at How to Horror. That's how the number two horror. Uh, you can see our current list of how many rules are we up to now? Fifty three. Uh, yeah, that's wow. that's what I got here. Fifty three rules. That's crazy. Wow. And uh, how many episodes did it take to get to that? Uh, sixty nine. Nice. Nice. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Uh, yeah, this is the the sixty ninth episode. So that's fun. 
That's fun. You know, this is the last episode we're recording in 2020. Seems fitting. We've ended the pandemic. Between the two of us, we did it. We're finishing on episode 69. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else could you ask for? Merry Christmas. Nothing. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's two days before Christmas. What else do you need? Merry pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to go through the plot of this movie beat by beat, decision by decision, to see if we need to add any new rules to our list. So yeah, we'll see. Um, so spoiler alert for Quarantine 2 Terminal, the straight-to-DVD horror movie. Spoiler alert. <laughs> if you need it. Yep. Uh, Josh, anything else before we get started here? Nah, I'm good. All right. So the movie begins, it's the same night that Quarantine 1 takes place, actually. Uh, at LAX, we meet our main protagonist, a uh, flight stewardess? Uh, yeah. Is that the right word? Yeah. I think I think that's right. I feel like, is there a gender, gender neutral word that we use now? I, I don't think so. Like, there's, there's not, like... You know how there's like waiter and waitress, mm-hmm. the just way to go in between that is just the server. The server, yeah. Uh, and steward and stewardess. I'm not sure if there's like uh, some something else. I, I I don't know. I feel like there is. I just don't know it. Plane worker. Plane worker. Anyway, there's only two stewardesses in this movie, and they're both steward stewardesses. They're both female, so we'll just stick with stewardesses. Stewardess. Steward I. Steward I. Uh, if we're wrong, please don't at us about this one. And if you do, do it nicely. Uh, Ed- educate us if there's ed- another educate term. Educate us if there's another term. We aren't trying to be sexist here. I, I just don't know the proper term, if there is one. But we have uh, Jenny and Paula, the two best friends. They work on uh, a flight attendant. Flight attendant is the Oh, word. there we go. That's it. That's been we did it. We did it. Flight attendant. Uh, so Jenny and Paula are two flight attendants. And they're here to work. They arrive at LAX, an airport with a terrible reputation that I didn't think was that bad when I was there. I used to live in LA, and I went, went through LAX a bunch of times, and it was fine. Never been there. I didn't think it was that. It's like got this horrible reputation. Uh, and I'm, uh, Can't fine. be worse than O'Hare. Yeah, I think O'Hare is considered worse, actually. It's the worst one I've been to. Damn. Anyway, so they are working a flight to Kansas City. So they get on board the plane. We meet a bunch of characters. A lot of characters. <laughs> but we have our pilot and our co-pilot, who are men, and that is their character. But co-pilot is sick, even though this ends up having nothing to do with anything. And there's a couple of these. Yeah, there's a couple which, of which them. Which I always appreciate, yeah, like, especially in sequels. Yeah, there's like two people get on the plane sick, and then there's some hamsters on the plane that might be the, a carrier, and you don't know which one's going to do it. It ends up being the hamsters, which are actually rats, which we'll get to, but... Uh, Copilot is sick, but this has nothing to do with anything. Mm. Just a little uh, red herring. Yep. Jenny has to help an unaccompanied minor, 12-year-old boy named George, on the plane. And I hate when kids are in movies. George is mostly fine until the last five minutes, and then he's just the worst. Yeah, he's actually pretty good mm-hmm. for... I would, I would actually say he's pretty good for a kid, which makes the ending even worse. Yep. Because mm-hmm. it's completely, completely against it. Yep. Whatever. So George is on board. We also have uh, Doc Kingston, who cannot speak or, or really move that well because he has Parkinson's. And his wife is with him, uh, Bev. And we'll just kind of introduce the characters as they become relevant. Um, there's like 12 people on this plane, but we'll only talk about the ones that matter because there's a couple that don't do anything and then they die. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, and this is just a one-aisle plane yeah. with like two seats on each side. Very small You can plane. imagine that. Not many people go to Kansas City. <laughs> it's yeah, and I guess I I would expect this from like a smaller airport rather yeah. than something like LAX, but straight to DVD movie. Yeah, <laughs> we got a budget here. Uh, we also have Ralph, who's a big boy. He's he's a big big guy. Uh, seems kind of like he thinks he's a ladies' man. Yeah, he likes to use his weight as just 
like uh, I don't know comic relief yeah. for for himself. Yeah, he, well, he throw he's throwing his weight around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they they specifically put him in the back of the plane. Uh, they're like, ah, oh, there's plenty of room back there. Yeah, like so, don't worry about. It. And he's perfectly fine with it. He's just like, all right, nice. <laughs> <laughs> so we got Ralph. We also have a uh, guy named Henry, who says he's a teacher and he's got a uh, a case of hamsters he's bringing to his class. It's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't know why you just got these hamsters and need to bring them back instead of getting the hamsters in the same town that you teach. And he says, okay, so Henry's full of shit. Facts. Okay, so, but, like, his his story doesn't make sense. Okay, so he's got these hamsters that his class loves, and he took them on vacation to LA with him, and now he's bringing them back? I mean... Yeah, I really couldn't follow the story, whether it was something like that or that... He, he, they were gifted to him by like a parent or I, I don't know what the deal is with these hamsters but they're not hamsters they're rats I mean I, I know when you think like you're not going to dig too far into a story like this when you're uh, a flight attendant or another uh, like guest on the plane uh, because who cares yeah who expects <laughs> rabid rats to be in on, on someone's case not me because it turns out Henry is actually the owner of the apartment from the first movie, the penthouse guy, who's part of this doomsday cult that's created the virus. And he's got a bunch of rats on board that he's planning to bring to Kansas City to unleash there. And they got a whole bunch of strike zones all over the world. We're going to find out. But uh, Henry's mission is go to Kansas City and release the hats. Uh, re- release the rats. <laughs> release the hats. Release the hats. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> ah, Mr. Hat. <laughs> Mr. Hat says you go to hell and you die. <laughs> go to hell and you die. <laughs> <laughs> so as they're putting, trying to put the hamsters in the carry-on compartments, uh, one of them bites Ralph as he's trying to help. Uh-oh. <laughs> this is this is going to lead nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> But they end up having to put it in uh, below deck with all this the baggage. See, I was kind of hoping it was going to be the opposite. Uh, that, like, this dude was going to get bit, and then it was going to start with the co-pilot. And then it was going to, like, work its way back or something like that. Because I'm still thinking that it's all going to take place on the plane. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, like, they're just, they're just misdirection with the, the hamster bite. Yeah. Um, but nope. Nope. The hamster bite's the real thing. Yep. And, and it's a rat bite. Uh, I was kind of disappointed because the, the entire first act of the movie just takes place on this small plane, and I was really hoping the whole movie would be on the plane, which mm-hmm. would be really cool. They end up landing and going inside, which is kind of disappointing. A whole movie on a, a plane. A little more realistic, though. Like what? A whole movie just on a plane would be fun. Snakes on a plane? Red Eye, basically. Yeah, Red Eye, pretty much. Would have been fun, but no. So we take off, and Ralph starts to get sick. He's, like, foaming at the mouth, and he's puking. Uh-oh! He's just drunk, it's He's fine. He's just drunk, it's fine. He seems like he passes out, nobody's like too worried about him. Uh, meanwhile, Henry's watching the news, and we see some footage from Quarantine 1, like, oh, this apartment building's under quarantine, oh my god. And Jenny asks him, like, oh, what's going on? And he basically just says, like, oh, like something weird at this apartment building. Meanwhile, he knows exactly what it is. That's my building. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so evil. My name's Henry. <laughs> but eventually, Ralph just starts getting worse and worse puking all over the place and this one woman named louise has a cat on board the plane and her cat's eating the puke oh no it's not good we're gonna have an evil kitty oh <laughs> it's gonna show up all the time <laughs> <laughs> bad mr kitty <laughs> i'm surprised we don't have that generic like the cat jumps out of the darkness scare like we, we, yeah, we didn't really have it. There were plenty of cat noises, yeah. and they're basically are just generic cat noises. But those are apparently the infected making those noises. 
I thought it was just always there's the cat with nope. them. <laughs> I, this has been the perfect movie to finally have one of those cat jump stairs worth a damn. It's actually a rabbit and, cat. And we don't get it. It's, that's dumb. So Ralph gets up. He, like, yeets Jenny out of the way and starts trying to break down the cockpit door. I don't know if you're in a horror movie yet, but you're definitely in a movie. Yeah, uh, well, this is tough because all signs point to, like... You don't jump straight to super rabies nope. if you're on this plane. You jump to... Drunk? Dude is drunk. Yep. Just his personality would have seemed like, oh, like, he probably got sauced and then got onto the plane. We've all been there. Drinking at the airport is a wonderful time. Mm-hmm. It's expensive, but it's a wonderful yeah, time. It's an experience. Yeah. You just can't go too hard. There's an entire song dedicated to getting drunk on a plane. It's a great Come on. song. <laughs> so that's probably what I would go to for the first conclusion yep. here um so i don't think you're in a horror movie yet no but we get a whole gang up together to try and stop ralph from breaking down the cockpit door we get little kid george boy george <laughs> sure dude <laughs> just jumping on this massive guy he's like the first one to attack uh try and stop ralph like good for him we get a uh, preston who's a businessman who types on his computer and that is his character he has to get his presentation business he has an interview on monday oh my god business business Business, business, business. <laughs> so Preston's in the fight. Uh, we got Henry and Jenny and Paula and Shyla, who is a army medic who's on the plane as well. Last name, LaBeouf. <sighs> Shyla, not Shia. <laughs> mistake. And they manage to neutralize Ralph. They, uh, they knock him out and they put him in restraints. But this one guy, this douchebag, uh, I think my favorite character, Niall. Uh, oh, he's your... F- I think so. I think he's the funniest character because he's such a raging douchebag. He, <laughs> he is a douchebag. Like, he is an unapologetic douchebag. And I always kind of like these characters in movies just because they're not sorry at all about how douchey they are. And I'm like, you know what? Good for you. <laughs> you know who you are. You know exactly who you are. And so he's already been in, like, fights with Henry on board the plane because he was, like, talking on his cell phone during the flight. And he's just being a huge douche. And he's, his wife, he's got a pregnant wife with him. And she's like, hey, why don't you go help? He's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> Which if other people are doing it, stay back. Yeah. If, if other people are willing to step up and, and take down this guy and you don't have to. Yeah, maybe, maybe don't go engage yourself with a giant belligerent drunk that looks like he's mega strong. Yeah. Stay out of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't engage. And uh, the co-pilot also wants to go out and help. And the pilot's like, no, 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 you do not open that cockpit door. You ever heard of something called 9-11? <laughs> you do not open the cockpit <laughs> Come door. Come on. <laughs> Bad things happen when you do that. And this dude seems like he might be able to break down this door. It's true. Like, he, he's hitting it so hard. Yep. So, like, I don't know how strong those cockpit doors are. I'm assuming they're pretty strong I now, so. post 9-11, yeah. uh, just in case. But, I mean, nothing is invincible. Nope. So... If anyone can take down this door, it's Ralph. Yeah. Especially raged out Ralph. Yeah. Don't help him out. So the pilot gets orders like, yo, emergency land at nearest airport. And they keep it a secret for some reason. It turns out it's Las Vegas International Airport. We're going to find that. That's the last thing we find out in the movie. The last shot of the movie is like, oh, no, we were in Las Vegas this entire time. Who cares? Like, oh, okay, so it's going to hit Las Vegas next? It would have been bad in any major city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So they land in Las Vegas, and Jenny and Paula, they put Ralph in his seat and tie him down. But while they're doing it, Ralph bites Paula's face. Womp womp. Yeah, and and this is the borderline between 
do your damn job, but don't die in the process. But I, th- I, I think you're still just doing your job. Yeah. And if anything, this is going to protect you. Like yeah. it, it should protect you. You don't expect someone to bite your bite face you off. with super rabies. Yeah. I, I, I don't really hold anything against Paula here. No. And, and to her credit, she was wearing a mask. Yeah, which is amazing. Like two thousand. This was a uh, two thousand eleven. Yeah, two thousand eleven. They're ahead of their time. There's a lot of like almost like setup to twenty twenty's pandemic. There's so many like I for like we were watching uh, like some like house hunter type show. I don't know what it actually was, uh, but one of the uh, ladies had like allergies when they were winning like viewing the house, and she put on a mask, and it was just like the normal like mask that you see every single day now. And I'm just like. I don't know why, but this is just so weird. Like in the before time, <laughs> what is this? So the gang gets back together, and this time they shut uh, Ralph inside the bathroom, um, and the two of the guys have to hold it shut because Ralph's a big boy. Mm. Now I think you guys are in a horror movie. If he, someone's biting people's faces off, I, I would say horror movie. This is so. I did not mark this for me as being quite in a horror movie yet just because there's one incident with this one guy and it's really hard to tell if it's like a biting action or if like he just smashed his like head into sure. her face because that's what i thought it was at first like i thought i thought this was going to be kind of like uh like a trick that the movie played that she would didn't actually get bit that she just got her like face smashed in and that she actually was going to end up being fine no she did get bit yep. <laughs> but if i was like a passenger in the back and didn't really see this happen i don't think i would consider sure. myself in a horror movie uh, okay so maybe not them but for jenny who was right there when it happened i think jenny for the two she... attendants i would say yes uh, the one who got her face bit off. oh well, yeah <laughs> So rule number one of surviving a horror movie, you have to realize you're in one. So Jenny needs to start acting as though she's in a horror movie. And she'll be very roller coastery about that. Yeah. She's got some good moments and she's got some bad moments. So the pilot lands and cannot get clearance for a gate. And the control tower is being very unhelpful. So he tells them to go to hell and he just picks a gate for himself. He get, drives up to an empty gate. Good move. And he signals a uh, one of the, ba- uh, the baggage guys, uh, a guy named Ed, this poor sucker... Just a simple bag guy. He's the end of his shift. He's putting his stuff away, and he signals like, "Hey, unload our plane." It's like this is this isn't even your airline's gate, dude. <laughs> just wonder, like, imagine being this guy, and a plane just strolls on up. This is it's, it's kind of like the it's it's the customer like if you've ever worked in retail that the customer that strolls up at ten fifty five. Yep. When you close at eleven, and they're like, "Oh, I'll be real quick." And then they go, and they go down an aisle, and they pick up a couple things, and then they go to the bathroom, yep. and then they go back, and then they check out, and then maybe they forgot something, yep. and ugh, ugh. <laughs> and nowadays, uh, it's like when I'm right at the end of my shift, and I work in news as a news photographer, and we get uh, breaking news over the police scanner. And so now I, I have five minutes left in my shift, now i got to run out to a house that's burning down or something like that. It's just like... And this is going to take forever, we're going to take all day, and I'm going to have to stay an extra three hours. That's what this is. It's just like, I've been there, man. It sucks. At least it wasn't rabies. You know, not yet. <laughs> not, not, not yet. It could happen. <laughs> so everyone gets off the plane and into the, the hallway, uh, the gate Not hallway, everyone. Except the two pilots stay behind to hold Ralph in, in the bathroom. Fair enough. That's their job. And the doc who has Parkinson's and his wife also stay on the plane because he can't move. <laughs> he, he needs a wheelchair. And obviously his wife's not going to leave him yeah. behind. All right. Fair enough. Everyone else falls rule number 11. Get out. Get out! And, and you can't blame them. Nope. And, and like you said, I, I can't blame the captains either. Like, 
you think that it's all it's centralized to this one incident here with this one guy so if you do a good enough job at holding this guy in there should be no issue right apparently they're not going to do a good enough job <sighs> no dude strong so they find themselves locked in the hallway they can't get out into the the airport regular so ed leads them all into the baggage area kind of the behind the scenes stuff uh where they sort all the, the baggage i mean they're locked in here too lockdown procedures have been enacted and he's like you ever heard of something called 9 <laughs> 11 we're on full lockdown <laughs> and then then they look outside and there's just tons of emergency vehicles out there uh-oh yep okay now rule number one yep this this was the moment that i said that like i would consider myself in a horror movie there's a helicopter announcer going hey you're all in quarantine uh-oh <laughs> you're in danger <laughs> the cell phones still work though so they're all calling out to loved ones this doesn't really go anywhere eventually the cell phone stuff will get shut off but it's like hey you know you're calling out trying to get some information that's good yep that's something doesn't help but you know might as well try it so if they can't leave Paula's going to die if she doesn't get medical attention. So Shia's like, hey, I'm a medic. I have medical gear in my bag on the plane. Y'all want to go get it? Okay, I guess. Uh... I'm okay with this. One, because you think that it's contained to just this one dude who's in the airplane. Yep. Sure. For all you know, you got two people holding him in. Fine. Two... It's good to just have that medical equipment just in general. Yeah. So it might just be worth it. Mm-hmm. Either way, even even if Paula's not going to make it. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares about Paula? Uh, the rest of you never met her. But, you know, medical equipment is always handy to have mm-hmm. around. So, you know, worth going. Ed, he's the baggage guy. He's going to go. Jenny's going to go, obviously. Preston decides he's going to go so he can get his laptop so he can keep doing his business. <laughs> uh, Henry's going to go because... He's a terrorist. I don't really know why, but sure, why not? He's probably just messing around. Yeah, he's probably... Well, uh, they're going to be going into the, uh, the Bowels, checked yeah. baggage area, uh, which is where his quote-unquote hamsters are. Yeah, you are. know what? He probably wants to take those out and try and keep going to Kansas City. So yeah. Get his hamsters. And then Niles goes with, too, because he's got a gun in his bag. So he wants to follow rule number five, lock and load. Good job. Uh, he's got the best reason for wanting to go, I think. Yes, he knows what he's looking for. Yep. So they get to the plane. Power gets cut on the way. They have no no main power anymore. There's still some auxiliary lights and stuff. Now it's spooky. Mm. They get to the plane. The pilots are missing, and Ralph is not in the bathroom, and there's blood everywhere. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> you are now on high alert. Yep. You should find weapons at this point. Yep. There, now you have no excuse to have that be, I would think, your number one priority. Yep. Weapons, weapons, weapons. And then they find Doc still on the plane, but his wife is missing. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. But Doc's fine. He's just, like, sitting there. Which is amazing how that... What, however that happened. I, I have no idea. <laughs> so they, they go in below deck uh, while Preston stays up top with Doc after he gets his laptop. <laughs> Henry's hamsters have escaped. Suspicious. And there's also a rat down there. Suspicious. Hmm, why is this rat here? They get the medical kid in, Niles gets his gun, but as they're climbing back up, they find both pilots infected, and the main pilot attacks. Horror movie, horror movie, horror movie, zombie movie. Yeah, hey, you're getting more information about what you're fighting against. And uh, Niles shoots the pilot, so, booyah. Nice. Unfortunately, he's going to get some blood spattered on his face, and it's going to get in his eye a little bit, and this is eventually going to take him down. Okay, that makes a lot more sense now. I thought he was just lying the entire time. Like, I... I was expecting, um, so we're going to have his, in like the next scene, his wife is going to um, wipe the blood off his face, and I was just expecting there to be like just a little baby cut or yeah. something like that that it would have gotten into, but I mean, eye makes just as much sense. Yep. 
and that's just bad luck and that's the risky run in horror movies you know so far Niall has done pretty much everything right even though he's been a huge douchebag and sometimes you're just unlucky more reason to try and keep your distance yeah but in that position I oh just... no you're 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 in a plane right yeah. now like that is such tight space sometimes shit happens there's nothing you can do you know this whole podcast we're trying to prepare you but again there's only so much preparedness can do sometimes you just get unlucky yeah Close your eyes before you shoot. Close your eyes. Just keep your eyes closed at all times. Oh, yeah. At this point, Jenny really freaks out. Uh, rule 10, don't panic. Uh, Henry the terrorist is the one who has to calm her down. Which, okay. Okay. So they ha- they're on their way back, and they find Preston with his... He's been bit and seemingly killed. He's going to come back as an infected eventually. But the doc's fine. I don't know how the doc keeps dodging these zombies. He's, he's fine. It's pretty impressive. Yeah. I, I wonder if it has something to do, because they hinted at it a couple of times during the movie that a lot of, like, when they would, like, attack you or anything was based on, uh, like, movement and noise. They're Yeah. <laughs> and since he has Parkinson's, can't move. He, he can't move, and he can't really make any sounds other than just, like, a little bit just, like, mmm, mmm, like, yeah. weird stuff like that. None of the infected humans ever go after him in this movie mm-hmm. uh, it's an infected rat that takes him down so yeah it could be something to that so on the way back jenny does see that bev the doc's wife has been bitten as well and so they close off the plane in the hallway they barricade it shut to keep the infected out that'll work for now yeah you do as well as you can yeah. and just call it good yep you're in a desperate situation you can't spend all your time just barricading the door yep so at this point, Jenny ends up taking charge of the situation, and Niall is like, "Yeah, oh, I'm going to be in charge because I got the gun." And Jenny's like, "Okay, shoot me, or I'm in charge." Bold move. I don't know if I would go with this. I mean, I mean, I understand the motive because then you can take control of the situation, which is a is good in general. You don't know this guy. Nope. You, you have no what, idea what his intentions are. She, Jenny, gets lucky, but this could have very, very easy been uh, Rule Thirty Two: Play stupid games and win stupid prizes. If he shot you, it's like, oh no. It's you like, told him to. <laughs> it's like what do you it's like that old uh, that meme, like, what are you gonna do? Shoot me? <laughs> Says uh shooting victim. <laughs> he might. <laughs> you don't know the stranger. You don't know. Stranger danger. <laughs> stranger danger. Uh, rule eighteen is stranger danger. <laughs> so Doc sees a rat up above him, and he's trying to like warn people what he can, and it sucks. Feel bad for Doc here. Uh the rat falls on his head and bites him. Yep. And George just, like, punches the rat off of his head. (laughs) Sure. And Ed and Henry manage to trap it in a bucket. And they realized, oh, no, it's tagged. This is a lab rat. What the hell is this doing here? Um, They lock up Doc and Paula. They they put them in a room and put chains in front of them so they can't get out. Don't really know what that room is. I don't know my airport internal Uh, areas very well. It looked to me like like a baggage cart. It could have been. So, like, it's the type of cart, and it's it's loose chains, like, chains, uh, so that just have more room to... Uh, get the bags in yeah. there, I guess. And it's just the thing that pulls up to the plane that they put put it in. Okay. So they put them in there, and George accuses Henry of bringing lab rats on the plane, not hamsters, because when they loaded him, he, he saw a rat tail hanging out of the thing. And Henry's like, well, yeah, they're uh, Ecuadorian hamsters that have tails. And George's like, that's some bullshit. <laughs> Call him out. <laughs> good job, George. You know, rule two, constant vigilance. Good to, good way to pay attention to that kind of He's thing. He's like, I had hamsters as a child, and I know that they have little stubby tails, you yep. line sack of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and Jenny, like, pulls Henry's side, like, hey, are you telling the truth? 
and Henry's like, well, yeah, he hit his head earlier. Remember when he was fighting Ralph? It's, it's he's, like, oh, you're right, you're right. And he's probably, you know, concussed. <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'm definitely not a bioterrorist. <laughs> At this point, Ralph is back, and he attacks again, and the whole gang comes together to wrap a rope around his neck and hang him. Good team effort. Good team effort, but you know what you're dealing with now? Don't get so close. Yeah. This could so easily go the wrong way. You all need to have weapons of some kind. There's going to be tools around here. Jenny's going to get a big wrench later. Everybody else grabs something and just beat him to death from a, a somewhat reasonable distance. Yeah, don't try to wrap around him. Rule 40, keep your distance. But this works. They hang Ralph. He's dead. The CDC, or what we think is the CDC, enters. And it, it turns out they're the Center for Bioterrorism. CBDT. CBDT. What does that stand for? Um, one second. The Central Board of Direct Taxation, apparently. <laughs> they're after us. Okay. So they're CBDT, which I don't know the whole thing, but it's basically a part of Homeland Security, and they deal with, like, bioterrorism and stuff. Uh, at first, we just think they're the Center for Disease Control, but that's not it. But they said in four doctors or whatever with guns to start injecting the the infected and they're like all right everyone calm down we're gonna we're gonna give you the injection that is definitely the antidote for this thing don't worry about it it's definitely not a bunch of random shit we threw together to see what works on this well yeah basically what they say it's the it's the procedure or something yeah. or i don't it's, know what they called it uh protocol Pro- protocol yeah protocol like um, all you have to do is take the protocol and you'll be good it's yeah. like okay <laughs> No, uh, what was actually happening is they were all going to use these people as lab rats to try and find an antidote for this yeah. thing, which is fair on their part. On their part, yeah. Uh, you do not know how this thing spreads. Yeah. Uh, one or all of them could be infected, and if this is the type of thing that could spread to the rest of the world and end humanity potentially, uh, yeah, it's maybe not the most ethical thing, nope. uh, but big picture. Yeah, big picture. So Homeland Security, from their perspective, they're doing everything right so far. So um, far. So far. Kind of like in Rec 4, the big mysterious government organization who put everybody on a boat. It's kind of like that. <laughs> so they're, they're doing samples, and no one really wants to volunteer for these mysterious vaccines. This sounds familiar. <laughs> um, I don't know what. Yeah, I mean, you even have the pregnant lady, which, to be fair, she's pregnant, yeah. so I understand. But the basically the quote was, I don't know what's in that. I don't want to put it in my body. And I just... It screamed 2020 to me. <laughs> yep. But this one older woman, Louise, she decides she'll take it. But before she can, she gets bit by her infected cat. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> and this, at the same time, oh, yeah, and I, we forgot to mention, uh, when the CDC guys come in, they let Doc and Paula out of the cage that they left them in. First thing they do is like, oh, yeah, we're, Niles, we're going to take your gun, uh, and then we're going to let these infected people out. I don't think that's proper protocol. No. You take care of the people who aren't locked away first. Give them the test antidote in the cage, lock it back up, yep. and wait to see what happens. Nope, we're just going to unsecure Doc and uh, uh, Paula. That's going to go really well. Yep. You know, I don't believe for a second this is proper protocol. So rule number three is do your damn job. Yeah. This is just stupid. And Doc's going to get up and, and attack and bite one of the CDC or C- whatever, Homeland Security guys. Basically, everyone's going to get sealed back in. And the quarantine, uh, the, 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 the Homeland Security guys shoot the door down and run out. And there's also this horny European couple who are on the plane, Horst and Nika, who have done nothing so far except try and have sex on the plane. Yep. And Horst is like, bye! And he runs out and they all get shot. And the Homeland Security just shoots their own men and Horst. <laughs> Sorry, move. 
Oh, it's absolutely the right move. A little bit of play stupid games with stupid prize for him. Yeah. Uh, the European guy. I understand why he would do it, but at the same time, there's a lot of a lot of people out there who it's the have risky guns. one if you try try that method. And we talked about that in the rec movies and the quarantine movies. You can try and make your own escape. You're probably gonna get shot in the process, especially in this one when there's no public eye. Yeah, like it is shut down at an airport with only those people there who yeah. are commanded to shoot on target. So You're much better finding a secret way out if you can, which is what they're going to do eventually. So Horst might have panicked a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he just saw someone's neck get ripped out. So mm-hmm. whatever. One of the Homeland Security guys is not dead, and they drag him back into the airport. Yeah, he's just shot in the leg. Yeah. Meanwhile, the infected are starting to break in from the plane. Uh-oh! Now you just, you can't stay here. Yeah, uh, you're, you're, you're breached. You're out in the open. You need to find a place to, like, make a plan at this point, pretty much. And they do. They go, they find a catering truck. Don't know what that's here for, but. I am. I I had no idea what this even was. (laughs) Uh, But it's a truck, and and as they're climbing in, Niles turns, and his wife doesn't want to let him go. Like, ah, no, come with. And eventually, like, no, you have to come with us. And she very slowly starts climbing to the truck. She's pregnant, but still. Move a little faster. Rule 28, run, bitch, run. Run, bitch, run! Climb, climb, bitch, climb. Yep. (laughs) Nope, Niles turns, grabs her, and drags her away, and they're both gone. Also a little bit of no one to cut ties. Yeah, yeah. Rule 35, no one to cut ties. Uh, Any true good spouse will will say, hey, if I get rabies, you leave me behind. That's that's the the true loving gesture. Also, she's pregnant. Like, carry on with her kid. Like, come on, you can you can keep your memory alive. Nope. <laughs> no, nope, we're all going down. Nope, all going down. At this point, Jenny wants to go back and get Paula. Rule thirty five: no one to cut ties. Yeah, this is inexcusable. What what are you doing? Like, no, you stupid dumbass. Uh, and everybody's like, no. no. And she's like, well, yeah, they gave her a shot. She's fine. And Shiloh's like, um. All they also of- gave the guy with Parkinson's a shot, and now his Parkinson's is cured. <laughs> but his rabies isn't. <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and Shiloh's like, yeah, all those injections were different colors, so they are just, like, gambling. They have no idea what's going on in there. Shot in the dark. Yep. Uh, and they all look at uh, Homeland Security guy, and he's like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Yep, they, they basically just interrogate him at gunpoint. And then we get like, oh, no, Doomsday called. Uh, oh, we did we did not mention when they were running to the, um, this this truck or whatever it is uh, that Henry grabbed the gun. Henry grabbed Niles' gun yep. that the CDC had dropped. So Henry has a gun now. Terrorist's got a gun. Uh, that, not good. Not great, Bob. Uh, I would like to mention that he has terrible trigger discipline. Oh, yeah, yeah. His finger's always on the trigger. It, it's always on the trigger. When it's pointed at people, even. It's like... Ooh, he doesn't really dude. care about these people. No, no, yeah, he could blow their brains out, and it's like, oh, well, well that's basically what I'm trying to do anyways. Yeah, pretty much. Because uh, he's basically Thanos. He's trying to do population control. Yeah. This is Avengers Endgame. Before it's time. Quarantine Endgame. The last one was Quarantine Infinity War. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, and at this point, they, they're like they're interrogating Homeland Security, and they're like, they're never going to let us out, are they? And he's like, what do you think? Takes the gun and shoots himself. I'm like, oh, <laughs> damn. <laughs> Point? made sir <laughs> so at this point you have to find your own way out yep and luckily you got ed who's like wait there's a tunnel underneath this building somewhere we can just climb out that way thanks ed where was that information an hour ago right uh and this kind of goes back to what we mentioned in the first movie where you have two options either find your way out in some sort of secret way that they can't notice you or 
waited out. And there, in the first one, there's a, a little bit of a debate of going one way or the other. After seeing Mr. Homeland Security blow his brains out uh, because he knew that there was they're no screwed. escaping, they're not going to let you leave alive. They're just, And if they do let you leave alive, they're going to be testing stuff on you. That's going to make it even worse, probably. Yeah. Uh, that decision is made for you. Yep. Time to go. You got to find a way out. So, yeah, that's going to be the plan now. Go and find whatever you need to get out of here and get out. That's the rest of the movie. Yep. At this point, the uh, infected co-pilot attacks. And to his credit, George activates the lift that the truck is on, which lifts the truck into the air and just crushes the co-pilot against the ceiling. Yeah, because the co-pilot is trying to come in through the roof. Yeah, like a sunroof. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool. I like this one. And at this point, Jenny locks and loads finally with a wrench. Big old wrench. Also, and it's not just her. Like, she's the, like... No one is locking and loading nope. here. It's basically her and Henry. Yeah, Niles and now then Henry. Yeah, yeah. Then eventually Henry, who's a terrorist. <laughs> yeah. Ed starts leading them to the office, but Henry disappears on the way because he's he's actually snu- uh, snuck off to go get some more gun ammo from Niles' bag because he's out of ammo. And Nika, the other half of this completely unimportant uh, European couple, just gets dragged off and killed. Or infected, I suppose. Yeah, honestly, I didn't even see this. Like, I, I didn't even notice her go missing. <laughs> Bye. This is by random girl. Uh, rule two: constant vigilance. Sure, I guess. I don't know. That can be applied to basically everyone in this movie. Yeah, pretty much. Infected Paula attacks, and Jenny actually steps up and like kills her with the wrench. Jenny finally doing some stuff. Yeah, she she finally knew that it was time. Yep, gotta gotta kill your friends sometime. I I expect you to do the same. Oh yeah, if I get infected with rabies, do whatever you got to do. It might even put you out of your misery. You you don't know how they're living. Like yeah, that. Or, like you might not be like in any like conscious state. Yeah, uh, but you never know. Yeah. You could be miserable inside that Probably, body. Probably, I would assume. So they get to the office that's in this building where they keep all the blueprints and maps and stuff, trying to find the tunnel. But it turns out George has stolen Henry's briefcase because he doesn't trust Henry, and he opens it up and finds all all these doomsday cult plans inside, all the strike points and all this stuff. It's like, yeah, guys, Henry's in the doomsday cult. <laughs> A lot of the same papers that we saw uh, in the penthouse of the first movie. Yeah, yeah. And there's also an antidote inside. No, that's nice. I would also like to say uh, cults are bad. Cults are bad. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, that is rule number 36. Cults are bad. Mm. So We didn't really say that in the first movie either. Uh, yeah. yeah, well, we didn't say a lot about the first movie. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> so an infected Niles and his wife, who I don't even know her name, whatever, they attack and it's, it's all over for these people until Henry shows up and shoots them both. Our savior. The terrorist. <laughs> See, and I thought this was going to play into, like, he was researching the cult, and, like, he was trying to get ahead of it and find Antidote, mm-hmm. and, like, he's, like, this super skilled guy that's just going to save them yeah, and he's bring like him James to Bond victory. Type. Yeah. No, but he's just... It's, nope. He's just Thanos. <laughs> so he holds them all at gunpoint and kind of does his monologue thing. Yeah. Give us the story. <laughs> the backstory. You know, he's better at monologuing than Syndrome is because Ed tries to make a move and he just shoots Ed. Yeah. You sly dog. You got me monologuing. Come on, Ed. Yeah, you got to wait to make the move, you know. Yeah, rule 42, don't charge ahead. Yeah, that's all I was going to say. And that's basically it for him. Yeah, because he, yeah. he straight up le- tries to lead Roy Jenkins, uh, Henry, <laughs> and gets shot for his efforts. Just straight, just right in the guts. Just like, oh, well. Bye, Ed. Bye, Ed. You did a great job up until this point. Yeah. But an idiotic move when a guy has a gun. Yep. Like, no reason. So Henry gets the antidote out because he's been bit, if I didn't mention that earlier. Uh, no, you didn't. Okay, so Henry, Henry has been bit. 
But it's fine. He's got the antidote. He And it's like a three-step thing. He has to put something in his eye, some eye drops, and then he gives himself an ejection where he was bit, and then finally an injection in his eye. Like, like not, right underneath, like in the eye socket, kind of. Yeah, like not in the eyeball, but in the eye socket. Like you lower your eyelid a little bit, and you're in there, and it's horrible. It's horrible. Shivers. Uh, I, I hated watching this so much. I, I couldn't watch it. I had to hide behind my 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 hands because I can't watch stuff with eyes. It freaks me out. So Henry's like, ah, oh, didn't even feel it. It's like bullshit. <laughs> I don't believe you at all. <laughs> and then, man, what a long process too. Yeah. For something that you don't even know if it works. Honestly, this might have been the time to make a move when he's got a needle in his in his eye. Yeah, once it's, yeah, cuz makes a makes one wrong move and like he's squishing his eye with a needle. Yep. Like ugh. And he probably isn't as accurate when he shoots at this point. Yeah. So even if he does shoot, you could probably take him down with you at the very least. Mm-hmm. So maybe now take a move. Uh so rule 22, take the shot. Nobody takes the shot here. Yeah. And honestly, Henry should just shoot all of them. I don't know why he doesn't. I don't know why he's keeping them alive. Yeah. Yeah, this is it, it, it's kind of like the uh it just the need for a, a, a villain to explain his process. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're monologue and all that stuff, and you just need to tell people how smart you think you are. Rule 29, no half measures. No more half measures, Walter. You're just going to wait for the infected to take him down? Just use a couple of bullets. The infected are going to get you in the process then, too, if you do that. Dumb. Henry takes George as a human shield, and it's like, I'm going to make you like a little terrorist, too. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't think that'll work, but okay. So he, he's going to run off with George. And for some reason, Jenny and Shyla decide to split up. I, I don't understand. I, there's no... I, there's nothing that makes any sense. Rule 19 is don't split up, gang. Let's split up and look for clues. The only thing that I could think of is Jenny hit her head, and like she seemed a little woozy when they were chasing after them, and that seemed to be slowing her down. So she's like, ah, just... You go, I'll go this way, blah, 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 because I'm slowing you... Like, kind of like, because I'm slowing you down. But ten seconds later, she's fine. Now, yeah. It's so stupid. There's way better ways to write this script. And this is where... So, like, after you get your entire monologue and the antidote, and he takes George away, this is the point where the movie really started to turn for me into being like, oh, this is a good movie, too. Like, wh- why? Why? Yeah, we get one more awesome moment, and then the rest of the movie sucks. So Jenny's on her own. She gets attacked by Preston. So we have a big chase along the conveyor belts, which we needed to have because of our location. Oh, of course. This had to happen. But she manages to kill him with a piece of the conveyor belt machinery, and that is... Rule number 41, use your environment to your advantage. Yeah, I was going to um, say the same thing. Very funny. This is, that rule's from Child's Play 2. Same thing. It's a fight against Chucky in a big factory, basically. Yeah, Conveyor nice. belts and stuff. Yep. Same thing. <laughs> and then, let's see. And then Shyla returns. She's gone for one zombie attack, and that's it. This is so stupid. But she's got um, infrared vision goggles, basically, or, or whatever, thermal vision. Thermal, yeah, thermal vision. But she's been bit. So she gives Jenny the goggles and runs off to buy her some time and get eaten. But Jenny kind of just, like, stays and watches for a little bit. It's like, it's like Jenny, oh, no. go! Look at them all attack her. It's oh. like, uh, yo, she she's buying you time. Use it. You're wasting time. Run, bitch, run. But anyway, Jenny finally gets away and ends up catching up to George, who's down in a tunnel, which is apparently pitch black, even though the way the movie's lit. Is... Yeah, and this was very frustrating yeah. to me. Because it, it's just like... 
it's it's just dim yep. basically uh for for the viewer yeah uh, and there's even areas where like light is coming through so it can't really be that pitch black no this is some garbage and george is just sitting down there crying basically rule 10 don't panic george <laughs> but jenny comes down there and apparently the antidote didn't work and henry is now infected and so he attacks them and they even mentioned uh earlier that some of the antidotes that they were testing actually made it worse yeah it made them stronger so I don't know why Henry thought this would work. I, th- I think I think the uh, antidote worked occasionally in their tests, uh, but there was obviously no like perfect like strain or yeah. anything like that. So you, you're just you're just gambling at this point. Yeah, but also for Henry, rule four: don't be a menace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we get a, a fight, and George ends up putting on the thermal goggles to find the gun and shoot Henry. Cool. Uh, and then Jenny double taps, falls rule number six, and beats him to death with the wrench. Yeah. Best kill of the movie. His head just, like, bursts open, blood everywhere. Yeah. It was great. And this was the one awesome thing. And now, from here on out, the movie sucks balls. <laughs> yep. It's so bad from here on out. So, Homeland Security starts firebombing the place. Fair enough. I, I like the move. Love the move. Great move. Same, they did the same thing in Wreck 3 or 4? Uh, uh, wreck 4. Beginning yeah. of Wreck 4. Yeah, they burned down yeah. the apartment. They blew up the apartment. Great. So George and Jenny find the tunnel out of here, which is locked up, but they uh, Jenny breaks the lock. But George starts panicking again. He's like, I don't want to go in there. Okay, you want to get burned alive, you dumbass kid? That's not going to be fun. There's no zombies in there. It's been locked this whole time. You're good. Just go. Finally, they go. And as they're crawling along, George is in front. He's got the thermal goggles on. Jenny's behind him. And George keeps looking back. She's still there. She's still there. Oh, wait, she's bit. Jenny's been bit. Okay, Jenny knows she's been bit. Jenny, go back and stay away from this kid. Like, like you, you've been, and to give a little clarity on like her role here, or, or like their relationship, uh, because they they meant to show this at the beginning of the movie, is that he is a twelve or thirteen year old whatever child traveling alone, so he is her responsibility. She watches him on the plane, make sure that he has everything that he needs and that he's safe and taking care of and yada yada yada, and. She assumes that role throughout the entire movie, yep. making sure that he's okay every step of the way and that he is her responsibility. Why? Why, why, why? If you know that you're bit, you're foaming at the mouth, you admit that you're infected, would you keep following him? This is insanely stupid. Yep. And George will not stop stopping and looking back and like crying, I'm not going to leave you behind. Dude, she's going to die any second. She's got rabies. Just go. No one to cut ties. You met her a couple hours ago. The only thing I can think of is that just kids are irrational. And they think think that just staying with someone and trying to get them through it will somehow cure the rabies. And that, like, you're just able to fight through the pain. I don't know. It it just doesn't make sense to me because George has been competent the rest of this movie. He's been fine. And then I don't know where he just falls apart. Like, his arc is when he first meets Jenny, he's like, I I, I can take care of myself. I don't need help. And his arc is to become completely dependent on her. That's just his character arc. I need you, Jenny. What? No. That's a terrible character arc. I love you, Jenny. (laughs) It's a terrible character arc. Horrible writing. So, yeah, he won't stop looking back, won't stop following George. It's just dumb, and this scene goes on forever. It's a really long scene, and it's just just basically one long hallway. Like, it's not like... I was expecting an infected person to jump out and them to need to, like, just book it or someone to come up from behind and drag her away. Like, that's what I was expecting. Nope. Nope. It's just a long, drawn-out scene going down one 
just little tiny crawl space. Finally, they get to the end, and there's bars blocking out. But George is tiny little kid. He can squeeze out. Great. And Jenny has now turned. She tries to attack him, but only can get his hoodie. So he's got to leave his blue hoodie behind. Oh, darn. So Jenny's dead, or infected. And so George leaves her behind. Reveal, we're in Las Vegas. And, oh, no, it's not just George that escaped. It's the infected cat. It's going to go spread it around Las Vegas. The end. That is the end of Quarantine 2 Terminal. What a stupid ending. What a stupid, stupid ending to an overall competent movie. Yep. All right, I didn't get any new rules. Kind of all part of the course zombie stuff, I think. Uh, Infected stuff. You know, maybe when we get zombie movies that are more, like, post-apocalyptic rather than, like, Mm -hmm. right in the now, I think we'll get some more rules in in this genre. Mm -hmm. But when when it's, like, same-day zombie movies, I think we've kind of covered our bases on that one. Yeah, I think Uh, so. So let's get into some uh, awards. Uh, first, we have the Randy Meeks Merit Badge, which was the character who did the best job at following the rules. This is, of course, based off Randy from Scream, the best movie character of all time. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Josh, who are you thinking for this one? This one's tough. Th- this one's tough because no one's no one's perfect. Yeah. God, it- it's insane because there were a lot of good moments for George. Mm-hmm. But the ending, man, is a hard, hard, hard fall. Yeah. Uh, One of the hardest falls we've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I think Ed was pretty good. Ed was Again, pretty good. one really bad move that yep. ended him. I thought the medic was pretty decent. But uh, then they but split it was, up. It was mostly just neutral. Yeah. Niles was pretty good, but he was kind of a jackass. Oh, yeah. Which... It really was no fault of his own for how he died. So, I mean, that's his biggest positive, mm-hmm. I think. I don't think you can give it to either the attendants. No, 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 no. So, yeah, I I really think that it would have to be probably... I, I, I don't think I could give it to George just no. because of the ending. So, I think it'd be between Ed and Niles. I think Niles is better than Ed, but I want to throw out another pitch. Oh, sure. What if we give it to the uh, Homeland Security as a whole, just the organization as a whole, for firebombing this building, not letting anybody out, shooting their own men to keep this thing contained. Uh, yeah, it, it depends who you include into all that because, like, that's even like the guys who went in there and then yep. tried running back that's true. out. That's true. Uh, those four were done. So, like, there there are negatives I yep. think to them as well. That's fair. Okay, so if so if we include the organization, we have to include those four guys. Fair enough. That makes sense because they're part of the organization. Mm. All right. Well, then let's give it to Niles okay. because he got the gun. Uh, he used the gun, effectively. He was kind of a douchebag and didn't want to help at the beginning of the movie, but, you know, that's a, that's a positive trait in uh, horror movie situations sometimes. Um, yeah, yeah he, and he was really... Uh, there were a lot of times where he was obnoxious and being almost like a menace, but at the same time, he was the person that was trying to, like, take charge and at least, like, put his fate really into his own hands. Yeah. Which I can at least appreciate, I guess. Yeah. Douchey alpha male guy. Usually not the best for this situation, but considering he did he did pretty well. Yeah, I think him and Ed are basically a tie. The one thing separating the two of them is that I do think that at uh, some point they both locked and loaded. Yep. Uh, so I think that is even. It's just Ed had a negative. Yep. And, and Niles, and Niles really didn't. didn't really. Yeah. Uh, it was bad luck. Bad luck. Bad luck took him down. And, you know, that's all you can do. Yep. So, yeah, let's give it to Niles. Works for me. All right. Then we have the Night of the Living Club Award, which goes to the character who did the worst job at following the rules. And this is, of course, based off Barbara from Night of the Living Dead, the worst movie character of all time. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it. You're ignorant. They're coming for you, Barbara. Who are you thinking for Night of the Living Club? Oh, man. Because I think we can both agree the worst moves of the movie belong to George and Jenny at the end. 
Yeah, I I think so. And I don't think just being a menace and monologuing is is bad enough to give it to Henry. Right. And again, I don't like giving it to the villain unless we don't have a choice. Yeah, and he, he's more of just a crazy person yeah. <laughs> than really anything. It, it's weird because there are actually a couple of positives from yep. each of them too. So it's not like they're atrocious by any no, means. No, 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 no. There was just some really bad stuff from both of them. Yeah, really just at the end. I think Jenny had a couple of things throughout the movie, though, uh, where George actually had some good things during the movie. They, yep. they both, like I said, they both had good things during the movie, but George was pretty consistent up until the end of being either neutral or better, and then obviously terrible at the end. Yep. In my opinion, I don't think that's enough to give United a living club. Jenny, on the other hand, it was a roller coaster the whole time. Yeah. Up and down. She had some good stuff, but she had some really bad stuff. Ultimately, most people in this movie really didn't make many mistakes mm-hmm. because it was just kind of just waiting for stuff to happen. So the people who actually made moves, most of them are pretty good, but the only really bad ones were Jenny and then George at the end. So I think just based on her lack of consistency, I want to give it to Jenny. Mm-hmm. But she's not bad uh, for another little club standard. She's no, not higher at all. up than most. Uh, and yeah, mo- for most of these other people, like it, Jenny's actually making decisions yep. in this movie. Everyone else isn't really. They're, they just get bit along the way come on sheeple wake up (laughs) exactly (laughs) but you know they didn't exactly pick the best shepherd to lead them with jenny no yeah Um, not a lot of options but you know and they kind of knew that too like they're like you yeah like (laughs) no we're not we're not we're not gonna let you be our leader (laughs) yeah she kind of becomes leader by default because the the three other crew members are all dead yeah and that just leaves her that's not really a great way to make a leader i get that's kind of like standard procedure it's standard when you're on a plane but they're no longer on a plane yeah like her she's like i'm in charge now because this flight isn't over Eh, it's kind of over kind of over the plane landed the plane landed you all disembarked the plane you have no authority here yeah you're not in international airspace or anything like that you're in las vegas this is more the bad guys territory yeah if anything ed should take charge (laughs) uh so let's go to jenny yeah, and, I, and again, she's not horrible. I, I don't feel great about it, but I don't think we don't. I don't think we have much of other choice. Fairly competent cast. Yeah, um, just put into a really shit situation, and also another reason we can't really give. Uh, I, we could give it to George, but like this is another point in his favor. He lives. Yeah, I will throw out a dishonorable mention as well to the European guy. Yeah, because he made zero decisions except for going out with the SWAT guys. Yes, I don't think it's enough though. Yeah. Um. Could we give it to the four CDC guys who let Doc and Paula out of the cage? And then ran out and after got and got shot. Oh. I kind of like that better. Oh. The the four CDC officers who came into the building, or the four Homeland Security officers who came into the building. They came into the building. They're very aggressive. Yep. Uh, they gave everyone basically no choices. Yes, they were well-intentioned with basically making these people lab rats. Yep. But... What the hell is that kind of procedure let, of releasing the infected? What, opening the cage? What? Huh. And, and they took the infected rat out of the bucket and put it in a plastic biohazard bag. Yeah, that's going to be great. It's never going to be able to chew through that. Dumb. Do you want to give it to these these dumbass uh, Homeland Security officers? I kind of like that better. I like that better. Yeah. Jenny had some good moves and these guys really didn't have any. Yeah. I, I kind of forgot about them because they're so quick and in yeah. and out of the movie. And and the last CDC guy uh, took himself out of the movie, giving himself no chance at surviving. Yeah. Yeah. He could have tried to escape too. Yeah. Let's just give it to the, the, the Homeland Security. The four, not the, not the organization because the organization as a whole did a pretty good job. Yes. But these four individuals sucked. So they are the United Living Plebs and they are not still living anymore. 
I like that a lot better. I like it. Well done. Woo! We did it. All right. Well, that wraps up the quarantine series. We're done. We washed our hands of that, even though I liked the series for the most part. Always wash your hands. (laughs) Always wash your hands, which actually does take it off the Wheel of Spooks, even though the Wheel of Spooks is in quarantine. But that series is off. I'll just announce what is going on in its place is The Exorcist. So The Exorcist, there's like five Exorcist movies, I think. So that series is going on the wheel now. But that doesn't really matter because The Wheel of Spooks is currently quarantined. Quarantined to terminal, even. Ah, yes. And uh, so it's it's we're just doing whatever we can do, who's available and who can actually podcast with me at this time. Uh, but just know Exorcist podcasts will be in the future. So that's, that's fun. Uh, so Josh, we finished the quarantine slash rec series. Uh, so since you've done that, you get to pick or reserve a new movie you get to talk about on the podcast. You have a, a selection in mind. Hmm. And I deserve it. You do deserve it. Might, yes. I, might I say. Absolutely. So I've used this podcast as an opportunity to watch movies that I have not seen and probably wouldn't just watch anyways. So I'm going to keep going down that road and go a little bit more recent here for release date with Get Out. Get Out. All right. Get Out is Fantastic. I love Get Out. Excellent film. One of the very few horror movies nominated for Best Picture. Ooh. Very few. And I think, and I, think I had another one. Signs of the Lambs. Yep. <laughs> All right. Get Out is on the waiting room. In the waiting room. Yeah. yeah. We'll get there eventually. Eventually. <laughs> but this is it for the year. We're done in 2020. It's a good oh. year. Even though this... Podcast-wise. <laughs> you won't hear this podcast until 2021. But, yeah, we're not recording anymore until next year. So, and I don't know what the next one's going to be. I have no clue. It's, it's a surprise. Next podcast, complete surprise. Not even I know what it is. All right. Whoever's available. <laughs> Who's ever available. I'll take anything. <laughs> Anyone? Hey, you random person on the street. We're on a podcast. Stranger danger. Um, odds are, if I had to predict, it'll probably be a Josh podcast, which could be the Cabin Fever series. Mm. Uh, I don't know at this time, so stay tuned. No matter what it is, it'll be a good one. Because I'll be there. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Josh, you want to go on any social media? Yeah, sure. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at jwessler. That's J-W-E-H-S-E-L-E-R. All right. You can follow us on Twitter at HowToHorror. That's how the number two horror. And go ahead and leave us any five-star reviews on your podcast listener of choice, and we will read them on the podcast, and then those help us get found by more people. So we can grow the podcast and make some moolah. And we all know that's the important thing. <laughs> all right josh anything else no I, I think we're good all right thanks for doing this man this is a fun series to do I, thanks for having me wrecking quarantine uh fitting for the, the these unprecedented times yes of course <laughs> and congrats on a good 2020 thank you Podca- yeah podcast wise yeah this is the first full calendar year of the podcast mm. so that's fun all right this is the how to survive a horror movie podcast and now more than ever stay safe out there Uh, uh, uh.